All right, everybody, you got your Bibles. I want you to turn anywhere, um, but as long as you turn to Psalm 92, verse 10. Uh, anyway, Psalm 92, verse 10. Everybody say Psalm 92, verse 10. Say, yay, the word. The word, the word. word. We say we love the word. We like God's word. We love God's word. Psalm 92, verse 10. Look what the psalmist says. I just wanted to share with you very quickly. I was so encouraged. I was doing the Zoom meeting with Kevin and Rosemary Sandbrook. I think it's posted onto our timeline now. You can watch it. But in the prelude, before we started the meeting, we were just talking, and they were saying, how are you doing? And I'm asking, how are they doing? And catching up on a lot of the news. And, and they were going like, wow, you know, because we watch you on Sunday mornings often before our church starts because of the, you're ahead of us, and so we can catch some of your message, and then we head off to church and, and things like this. And while we were talking, somebody came out, and I said, no ways, really? Tell me the story. And they said, this person, either Liam or Ian, who is now there, assistant pastor, associate pastor. And I was like, no way. And you know what happened? It was like 15, 16 years ago when I was there the last time. And they said, man, what a powerful service. And they said, it was like we were in a bowling alley and you were the ball and we were the skittles. And they said, the power of God hit the place. Everybody was on the floor under the power of God. It was such a powerful meeting. And they said, and Liam was there, but and when they started to tell me, I vaguely remembered some of the details. And they said, well, Liam came to church that morning because we kind of said, you know, we've got this guy from South Africa, and uh, he's going to be preaching. Won't you come to church? Now, he couldn't say no because it was his girlfriend then or his fiance, and Kevin and Rose, we had helped do some work on the house. So he felt obliged. Everybody say obliged. Do things for people and then invite them to church so that they feel, <laughs> I'm teasing, feel obliged. So anyway, so he felt obliged to come, but he was a dyed-in-the-wool. He was a confirmed atheist, and he just said, I don't do the church thing. Now, on the way, driving there, he was swearing and cursing, I mean, as much as he could. And his fiance girlfriend was saying, what is on with you? And he said, no. He said, because when I get there and, and I'm in church, I can't curse. So I'm going to just curse and get as much cursing in before then. So all the way there, he's cursing and swearing. And she's going like, what is going on with you? And, you know, I think it was some little atheist demon or something. I don't know. And so came into the service and the power of God hit him. And I have vague recollections of that day. The power of God hit him. Down goes this atheist on the floor with all these other bodies everywhere. Everybody laying down under the power of God. And somewhere in the meeting, they stood him up and he didn't even know where he was. And they called me and I went over to him and I said, you need the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And as I laid hands on him, he started speaking in tongues. And so they said, that guy now is our co-pastor. So I just want to tell you, if you're an atheist this morning, you're in for a blessing. So Psalm 92 verse 10, I was just so touched and encouraged by that message. But Psalm 92 verse 10, the psalmist says this, and for your homework, please read the whole psalm. It's a beautiful psalm. It's powerful. David says, you have exalted my horn. In other words, my strength. But referring to an animal, either a buffalo or a rhinoceros or something like that. And uh, he said, you have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Now, the, the one translation says a unicorn, but we know that we don't have unicorns. 
So it's that of a wild ox. And I think Prophet Quibus often used to say, when a lion tries to bring a buffalo down, he goes for the head. And once he's got the head down, he can bring the buffalo down. So the buffalo will always try to lift his head and free his horns. And David said, that's God, that's what you've done for me. You have exalted my strength like that of a wild ox. I can stand even though the enemy tries to bring me down. Why? Because the NIV says fine oils, but I think it's the King James translation that says fresh oil. Fresh oil. Everybody say fresh oil. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Everybody say, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. That's what David said. It's interesting that the Midrash says this, that Adam wrote this psalm, and he narrated the psalm the day after he was created because this psalm is called a psalm for the Sabbath. And in a lot of Jewish you know, traditions, often in the temple on a Sabbath day, they will recite this psalm at least three times. So it's called the psalm of Sabbath or the Sabbath psalm. But other Bible scholars say that it was written by an unknown author around the time when Cyrus of Persia defeated King Belteshazzar of Babylon. But a lot of others say, it's really very much in the style of David. So they think David wrote it. So we don't know who wrote it, but David did. Is that okay? So David says, my horn shall be exalted like that of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Woo-hoo. So I don't know about you. I need, I need fresh oil. Amen. I need it. You know, I just feel like that this is a word for lockdown. It's almost as if in lockdown, to all intents and purposes, God has been silent. It's almost like it's, there's been a hush, a quietness. I know God's been busy, and I know, you know preachers have been preaching. I know online has been busy. But it's almost like there's a quietness. For me, what I'm sensing that there's an incubation that is happening as far as the church is concerned. God is really good at hiding himself in time of chaos, but at a certain moment, God reveals himself. Is that okay? God manifests himself. So when the earth was formless, it was void, and darkness was upon the deep, there was an invisible force called the Holy Spirit, the person of the Trinity who was hovering over the water, almost like the kestrel, like the black-shouldered kite when they hover before they dive. And that incubus is the Latin Vulgate word uh, for hovering in the book of Genesis. And in other words, another word for it is incubating. So the Holy Spirit was incubating something powerful over chaos and confusion and darkness. And then tell the moment that God said, let there be, that the Holy Spirit went into action and that which was being incubated, that was being prepared, suddenly became manifest. And so your life might look strange. It might look challenged. It might look dark. It might look like you've gone backwards during this COVID period. But God is doing something and God is incubating and there's going to come a moment when things are going to manifest. So that which is invisible right now that we cannot see that God is doing, there's coming a moment when it's going to become visible and we're going to see it and it's going to be all over the world. Amen? But I'm not so much interested in all over the world as I am interested in here. In here. I'm extremely interested in seeing God do something for me and for us, for us and for me. Is that okay? And so he was incubating. He was incubating. And it seems to me that this is the period that we're in because more than ever before, people are crying out. It's a little bit like during the time of Egypt. God came, the Bible says, because he heard the groanings of his people. 
And he said, so I came down because I heard. So I came down to see for myself what is happening. And then when he came down and he had a look around, he delivered them through a deliverer. And so I believe that God has seen, God has heard, and um, we're seeing God come down and something is going to happen out of this pandemic. And so, you know, God has been listening to the groanings. God's been listening to the cries. And for me, Psalm 92 verse 10 is the positive cry that I believe is in the heart of most Christians and the church is that um, with confidence that we stand up and say, God, you've exalted my strength like that of a wild ox. You have anointed me with fresh oil. Everybody say fresh oil. Now, this fresh thing that God wants to do is going to be happening soon. And I just want to give you a little bit of background to it um, before we start. The thing with God is that He's a builder. Is it right? God works with a purpose. So when we talk about a new anointing, Isaiah 42 and Isaiah 43, Behold, I do a new thing. Everybody say, I do a new thing. That's what God's saying. Say, I'm ready to receive a new thing. So here's David saying, I shall be anointed with, let's change the word fresh to new. I will be anointed with new oil. But another way of saying it is fresh oil. We could say that verse in another way. You make all things fresh. Is that okay? And so God is a builder. And God has a plan for your life. God knows you intimately. He knows everything about you. God knows better than you do every encounter that He has had with you. God has a recollection of the track record that He has with you in your life, every experience, everything He's spoken to you, everything He's said, every time He's touched you, every time He's responded to your cry. God knows better than you His history with you. And so God works purposefully. God works carefully. God works persistently. God works with a plan for your lives. Is that okay? And so in Psalm 92, when David says, you've anointed me with fresh oil, it's because David had that experience. Is that all right? So what we're going to do now is we're going to go to Isaiah 43. um, And just remember this verse, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. And so with Isaiah 43 verses 18 to 21. God says this to the people of Israel, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. So God comes to the people of Israel, and He says, Okay, I want you to forget about the former stuff. I want you to forget about the things that you're going through. I want you to forget about the things that happened to you in the past, all the negative stuff. Now remember, He was talking to the people of Israel, and Isaiah was talking to them at a a, a very difficult time in their history. They had a history of disobedience, a history of going away from God. And prophet after prophet was coming and saying, you need to change, you need to repent, otherwise curses, otherwise you're going to go into exile, otherwise, 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 you're going to be destroyed. And so it was already late in the day, and was a difficult time. Israel was not in a good place. It was a year that King Uzziah died, and the whole nation was plunged. He was a, a technically a good king who had done a lot for the people of Israel. And so Israel was plunged into despair And so it was not a good place. Economically, it was not a good place. Then God comes and says, right now, I want you to forget all the scrap that's happened. I want you to forget all the rubbish. I want you to forget all the former things. I want you to forget even your history of disobedience. I want you to forget your failures. I want you to forget everything, that that, your defeats. I want you to forget it. And he says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. I want you to turn your attention somewhere else. Is that good? 
Come on, church, listen, we're in a, a situation now, but we need to start to look away from these things by looking unto something else. Is that all right? We need to get our attention on something else. And so um, it's one of the reasons, not because I, I need an inflated ego or anything like it. That's why I want to post the healings and the miracles God is doing in our church. Because the thing is, if God can do that for people in their physical bodies, what can He do in your finances? What can He do in your job? What can He do in your business? Is that okay? God is a God of resurrection power. And so He says, forget those things. Let's look at verse 19. And He says, behold, I will do a new thing. Woo. Now, I mean, if anybody needed God to do something, that was Israel. They needed God. They were powerless to do it. They couldn't bring about any change for themselves. And God says, listen, I'm going to do a new thing. He says, now it shall spring forth. Woo. I don't know if you are sensing the presence of the person of the Holy Spirit, but as soon as I said that, it was like an anointing dropped. So I'm going to say it again. Now... It shall spring forth. So God, prophetically, I'm speaking, I'm taking verses out of context, and I'm speaking them to us and to the church, where God says, now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? So we can know it by faith first, but the reality of the matter is we shall know it. Isn't that right? So listen to what God says. In your wilderness, in your desert, in your despair, in your sickness, in your darkness, I want you to understand that I will make a way in the wilderness. Everybody say, God will make a way. Now listen to this. The result of their disobedience brought drought and famine and despair. And so the country that was lush and prosperous became like a desert. And God says, I want you to know something. I will pour rivers out. I will create rivers in your desert. Now, I don't know about you, rivers in a desert changes deserts. You know, you can see that in other verses where God makes those promises. And then verse 20, listen to what God says. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I gave waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. What, what a promise. What a promise from God. Come on, church. What a promise. So God says, I want you to know I'm going to do something new. So we're going to use the word of Psalm 92 verse 10, and let me repeat it. So God says, I'm going to do something fresh. Everybody say fresh. I'm going to do something fresh. And the symbolism of the water and symbolism of the word anointing goes hand in hand. In other words, God was saying the thing that you need but God, you know, the economy. Yeah, but the thing that you need. But God, we don't have finance. But the thing that you need. God, my job. But the thing that you need is a fresh anointing. Woo. Is that okay? The very thing that you need. God doesn't give, you know, gifts that are meaningless. God gives gifts that are meaningful. God gives pertinent, relevant, on target, specific, special gifts. And he says, man, I'll tell you what you need. You need a touch of God. Is that okay? Because when God's hand is on you, everything changes. Woohoo! Hallelujah. So I want you to know that when God said this through the prophet Isaiah, he was talking about Jesus coming. And so the new thing that was going to happen was saying, look, you're in a place of judgment. You're in a place of darkness. But I want to tell you, I'm going to change it to a new thing. 
and some of the, the stuff that God says, you know, when he says, remember not the former things. Okay, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he says, listen to this. He said, you will be changed from glory to glory with ever-increasing glory. Is that okay? So there was a glory in the old, but he says the new thing that's coming has got a greater glory than what you're experiencing now. Is that okay, church? So if I can say it like this, any glory that you've experienced in the past is going to be eclipsed by, overshadowed by, overwhelmed by, drowned out by the glory that's coming. Any anointing that you had in the past, any experience that you had with God is going to be overshadowed by what is coming now. Because God says, behold, I do a new thing. Come on, church. We need to excite ourselves, get ourselves up there, and receive and believe what God is saying. Because today I speak like a prophet, all right? Because I am one. So we go through the book of Isaiah. You can go back to Isaiah 42, then you can start jumping to 58, uh, 61, 2, uh, 66, somewhere around there. And these are the, some of the things that God says. I'm going to release new wine. Yeah. Hallelujah. Woo! The new one is better. Isn't it right? And so, in other words, what's coming, what's new is more intoxicating, more elevating, more... Uh... And he says, God already says, you will then be known by a new name. In other words, you're going to have a different nature, different identity when he comes. So it's new, not in the sense that it's going to be completely different. It's going to be new in the sense that it's fresh. What do you say, Fresh. You see, because God works with a plan, isn't that right? And God is a builder. So everything He's done in your life, He's building upon it, building upon it, building upon it, building upon it. So He says, when I release a new anointing, it's going to be fresh, and it will just invigorate any other previous anointing. Is that okay? And you'll be adding to it and elevating and taking you further on. And so a new name, new wine. Then he said new heaven, new earth. In Isaiah and then in Jeremiah 31 and uh, 33, he said uh, there will be a new covenant. In the book of Hebrews, he said a new and living way. And Paul tells us that we are new creatures in Christ in 2 Corinthians. And so we go on and on and on and on. And everything became new. So he didn't change so much what happened in the past. He said, okay, you have a covenant. I'll make it new. You have wine. It's old now. I'll make it new. You have a name. Well, I'll give you a new name. Is that okay? You have a heaven and earth. I'll give you a new heaven and a new earth. And so he just refreshed all that. Yes, there is a glory in the law, but it's overwhelmed and eclipsed by the greater glory coming through Jesus Christ. And so you might as well just write this down. But in Jeremiah 31 verse 22, God says this to Israel. How long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding daughter? And that's what he referred to them. He says, for the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. So what was the new thing? He says this, a woman shall compass a man. This is the new thing I'm going to do. What do you mean a woman shall compass a man? In other words, he was saying the strong, the man, is supposed to protect the weak, the woman. But the new thing I'm going to do is the woman is going to be the protection and blessing for the man. And it's not the first you know, sign of feminism, you know, the feminist movement in the Bible. It's not. But basically what he was saying was that Mary will compass the Christ. And the woman will compass the man. And this is the new thing that I'm going to, Christ the anointed. Wow. Come on, you didn't know that? You didn't see that before. And so, so listen, the new thing is going to be 
Christ. And so, of course, when Mary comes and uh, the angel Gabriel comes to her and says, you know, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord's with you and starts to tell you're going to give, be prayed and give birth to Jesus. How? How will this happen? How will this happen? Luke chapter 1. And he said, the power of the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow. In other words, there's going to be an incubation. There's going to be a hovering. There's going to be an incubus. And the holy thing that is in there will be the Christ. Is that okay? And so the woman compassed the man. So come on, church. There's an overshadowing, I believe, that's happening right now. Was Mary aware of it? No. She didn't feel goosebumps. She didn't feel anything. But the power of God was on her. Well, Pastor John, you say God's going to do a new thing, and you know, my business and the finance and the income and this and this and this and this. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you take this word, the power of the Most High is already over you. The Holy Ghost is already upon you. Amen. There's something is being formed, and that is something new, and that is a new, fresh anointing, the very thing that you need. So let's just go back very quickly and just remind ourselves of a couple of things. And so here's a prophetic word, some verses that I want to add to this. Isaiah 42 verse 9 says, Behold, the former things are come to pass. In other words, it's come to an end. So today, in the name of Jesus, I declare the things that we are going through with COVID is now starting to ebb into the background. The former things are passing away, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So God is telling you of them today. And then he says, sing unto the Lord a new song. Woo! Why a new song? Well, it's a new song for a new time. It's a new song for a new anointing. It's a fresh song. Amen. So it might be an old song that we sang. But because it's new and because it receives a fresh anointing, it becomes a new song. That's why even in the book of Revelation, they said, and they sang a new song. Because everything became new. Because they were in a new time. And so we can sing a new song, earth, that you go down to the sea and all that in the isles and the inhabitants there are. Verse 11, and he continues and he says, the Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. Wow. From when? From now, if you perceive it. He'll go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. Listen to this. I have long time holden my peace. I have been still, COVID, and refrained myself. Now I will cry like a travailing woman, and I will destroy and devour at once all the losses that have been incurred. Come on, church. I want you to take this. I want you to believe this. I want you to know that God is going to go forth like a mighty man of valor. And he's going to do it in us. And then Isaiah 58 verse 8 says, Then shalt thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. If there's one thing, and God knows my heart, if there's one thing, and when Kevin and Rosemary shared the story about Ian, who's now there, 
assistant pastor. I was so excited. I mean, I struggled to sleep after that the whole of yesterday. I went and told Bev the story a few times, and I said, how awesome is that? I mean, I didn't know that all those years. I did. How awesome is this? God knows my heart. That's the only reward that I want. Amen. I want the glory of God. That's my reward. Amen. Lives changed, lives touched. That's my reward. When I see people born again, when I see people filled with the Spirit, when I see them going on for God, when I see people healed, that is my reward. His glory. Woo! Come on, church. Is that okay? Come on. Say, His glory. My reward. And Isaiah 61 verse 11 says, For as the earth bringeth forth fruit, forth her bud, and as the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. God's going to do something. So I just want to walk you through something very quickly, and then we're going to watch a video clip. In 1 Samuel 16, from verses 1 to 13, there's the story of Samuel anointing David as king over Israel in Saul's place. Remember that? And he takes the horn of oil, and uh, he calls David aside, and he anoints him. And uh, remember, he went through the whole thing with his brothers, and not the one, not the one, not the one, comes to the smallest, the least significant, the least obvious, and God pours His Spirit out on him through that anointing. And from that day forward, the Spirit of God came on David in great power. You know the rest of the story. Eventually, he becomes king over Judah, which is more or less two tribes of Israel. So he's king over there, and he's there for something like, oh, I don't know, however many years. Seven years or something like that. Something like it. But anyway, I know it all adds up to about 30 when he was anointed for the third time, which would have made him, or he had reigned 30 years. That would have made him the age of Jesus by then. Something like it. But then in 2 Samuel chapter 2, he moves up to Hebron, and the people there go, and they anoint him as king again, second time. And then later, the other 10 tribes say, but we're brothers. And then they anoint him in 2 Samuel chapter 5 for the third time. And the Bible says, and there was war between the house of David and the house of Saul, but David's house grew stronger, and his kingship just broke out, and he ruled and reigned. Greatest king ever. Three anointings. Everyone say three anointings. It's so symbolic of the church, because he's, you know, Jesus became the son of David. Jesus also operated in three anointings, prophet, priest, and king. And David was anointed prophet, priest, king, because he could even go into the holy of holies. But he becomes symbolic of the church. Because the church is prophetic, priestly, and kingly. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in as a bonus. And so he was anointed three times. But every time, and that's why he wrote the psalm, fresh anointing. Second, fresh anointing. Third. And each anointing took him to a greater, more expansive, more extensive um, area of influence and kingship. Okay? And so the results very quickly is consecration for the mission. Number two. God ennobles you, not enables, ennobles you. In other words, he makes you noble by the anointing. And uh, you see it with David's three anointings. The third thing is it's invigorating and enabling. I love what Psalm 23 verse 5, he says, verse 4 says, you'll anoint my head with oil. Verse 5 says, my cup will run over. In other words, there's going to be more than enough. Amen. In other words, when he anoints you, you've got overrunning, overflowing joy, overflowing blessing because you can give it away. Amen. And so people live on the overflow from your life. And so I like Job 29 verse 20. Should I just read Job 29 verse 20? Nearly finished. He says, my glory was fresh in me and my bow was renewed in my hand. Wow. Was that good? Come on, say my glory is being renewed in me. Yeah. And my bow 
renewed in my hand. And then Psalm 104, 15, wine that makes glad the heart of a man and oil to make his face shine. But number five, it's illumining and enlightening. Remember the menorah, the lampstand in the Holy of Holies. Every single day they had to bring fresh oil. Fresh oil. The secret in the glow, the shine of the lamp was always fresh oil. Is that okay? So, you know, if your lamp is a little bit, and you know the light is a little bit low, maybe the oil, maybe you're running on an anointing of the past, and God just wants fresh oil to come, because fresh oil burns better. And then lastly, it's perfuming, spreading everywhere the fragrance of Christ. Psalm 45, verse 8 says, All thy garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces. And that's a picture of us. Amen? So I believe... Come on, church. God wants to do something new. Whether we like it or not, the pandemic has affected us in some way or the other. If not spiritually, economically. If not economically, socially. In some way. In some way. And I believe that there's a revenge in the anointing. Amen? The only way you can take revenge on darkness is by the anointing. You can't get angry with the devil. That doesn't mean anything to him. You know, even if you swear at him, it doesn't mean nothing to the devil doesn't change one iota of darkness and hell, but in the anointing, by reason of the anointing. So I want to just tell you something. I'm going to show you a video clip, then I'm going to ask you to come up, and I'm going to anoint you with oil. We've mixed fresh oil this week. Brand new. Everybody say fresh oil. Yay, yay. And it smells delicious. Amen. It smells absolutely delicious. Fresh oil. We mixed fresh oil. And I'm telling you that something fresh, something new is going to happen inside of you. Some of the weariness, the tiredness, some of the disillusionment, some of the negativity that's maybe worn off on you, some of the just maybe a dip in the glow (laughs) is going to change. God is going to refresh you and reinvigorate you. Is that okay? And all of those watching via live stream, right at the end, I want to just go up to the camera with some anointing oil and trusting that God would just touch you right where you are anywhere in the world. And same anointing present, same anointing there present with you. And that God does something new and God does something fresh for you. Amen. And it won't necessarily be different. It'll just be different in the sense that it's fresher than before. And so it doesn't change any prophetic words. It enhances everything that God has said to you. Amen. And so I want you to watch this video. And I want you to pick up the spirit of this video. It's probably the most watched video that we've posted on YouTube. And, um, I want to tell you what happened this day. And with what happened this day in the, as background, from there, then we're going to just anoint you with oil. So I was going to the conference with Prophet Kerbis from Rendsburg Spirit Word Conference. And um, there was an excitement in me about being there. And um, I remember I, I was staying in Prophet Kerbis's house. And uh, the evening before, that would be the Monday evening, I got there and... Um, I just moved in, and I just, you know, Prophet Kribus was very busy, so I just more or less stayed in the room praying. Very early the next morning, Tuesday morning, very early, before I had gone up to the church, I'd gone up to the conference, Shireen sent me a WhatsApp, and she said, Pastor John, I've been praying for you, and I feel this is a word for you. And he said, this is the word. Behold, I do a new thing. That was the word. And she said, Do you not perceive it? Even now it springs forth. And I was like, oh, wow, wow, wow. I never imagined what it would be. And I was like, wow, that's really awesome. So when I got to the church, all the banners were up. And the theme of the conference was, behold, I do a new thing. 
That was the conference. And I was like, oh my word, let me check that again. She's a prophetess. She didn't even know it. Wow, that's amazing. I was like, behold, I knew something happened to me. So I'm going to maybe describe it. I walked in, and when I got level with the back row of the church, the chairs of the church, a powerful anointing fell on me. And when the anointing fell on me, I relived an experience that happened to me in 1985. It was like I was, like I was caught up in the Spirit, and I was there. And I was at a three-day conference with Morris Sorello in 1985, where the power of God touched me and just had a great effect on my life. And as in moments, in steps, I was reliving that whole experience. Come on, church. I need you to concentrate right now. Because in a story, in a testimony, is everything I've been saying. So I need you to absorb. So I walked and it was just like I was there. And I felt the same power. I was seeing flash images of 1985, Morris and when they had an anointing service. And it was there then the Lord said to me, I'll give you the heathen as your inheritance. 1985. And when I walked a couple of paces, I was 1987 in Harare, Zimbabwe with a man of God by the name of Apostle Tini Cronier. When he prophesied over me and he threw his jacket on me and the power of God touched me, for two weeks I didn't know where I was. Most of the time I was just in intercession and travail. Power of God hit me. And so I'm standing there. By now it's very difficult for me to walk. I'm drunk. I don't know what's happening. You know, they're basically just singing the intro, you know, the first song now. And I was like, yo, Lord, what's happening? What's happening? I walk a couple of steps. 1993. Power of God falls on me. And I'm reliving moments in 1993 when the Lord led me into a 40-day fasting and prayer. And in 1993, God spoke to me about a powerful new anointing coming upon me. 1993. That's the first time the angels appeared to me. 1993. And suddenly, the power of God's on me. I'm reliving that moment. And all the time, I'm saying, Lord, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? I don't know what's happening to me. I walk another few steps in 1994. I'm reliving that whole experience in Toronto, Canada, when Jesus appeared to me and sent the angel to come and stand with me. And I'm just reliving that. By now, it's difficult for me to walk. My legs are like jelly. The tears are running, running down my face. 19, 1994. And I carry on walking. And as I carry on walking, it's 2001, Armenia, when the revival broke out in Armenia. In between, there was another one. And that was, I was in St. Albans City Church in England. It was a time of great revival. That church went from, from dry and barren to a full-on revival church. And in the middle of the service, middle of the service, while I was preaching, I looked up and there I saw Jesus. And he had a horn of oil like this. And he started to pour it out. And I had enough sense. I had enough sense to know what he was doing. So I ran. I ran. People didn't know what I was doing. I was preaching. I ran until I was under the oil, and the power of God came on me. Here's the preacher on the floor. And pandemonium broke out in the church. Power hit the church. The pastor was preaching another church. When he came, everybody was on the floor, and he said, where's John? What have, you, what have you done with John? They said, he's there. I was on the floor, and Jesus was just pouring out fresh anointing, fresh oil. Amen. 2001, here I am in Armenia. I'm reliving the moments. By now, I'm really near the front of the church because they had reserved a seat for me on the edge of the aisle right near the front. And I was so drunk. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know where I was. And these anointings were coming, just like it. I was reliving it. And when I got down to the front, I said, God, what are you doing? And he said, I do a new thing. Something fresh. I fell into my seat. 
sitting on the front. I didn't know where I was, didn't know what was happening. Power of God was just overwhelming me all around me. The anointing was just washing over me, into me, illumining me, invigorating me, re-envisioning me, just re-empowering me. I mean, it just fell and fell and fell. Uh, the other pastors were going and trying to greet me. I was too drunk to acknowledge him. I was just sitting like this, the tears, hot tears just running down my face. I was just drunk under a new anointing. Say to the Lord, God, would you do this now? Would you do this this morning? Would you do this today for us? Because in all you're getting, you need to get a fresh anointing. Amen. Let's watch. Paul O'Neill, just come. I want to lay hands on you. Bobby. Uh, John Busterman. Carl Walker, just come. Just a few people that just got to release this somewhere in the house. Niels, come. Where was the other people that God showed me now? We lay hands on everybody during these meetings. It's just stuff that I saw. Johnny's here. James Refsel, come, James. Yes, come, James. Somebody else. Kumarian and Santa, bring you the sea and song. Somebody else that God showed me. Arise. I love this song. I put the DVD on and I just sit and weep. The new hallelujah. Bam, bam. Michael W. Smith. Hasn't that, that guy got beautiful eyes, eh? Yeah. I can't handle it. I'd rather listen to the CD because when he looks in the camera, I just back up, man. Mm. Mm -hmm. Father, we just want to release something in the house today. And I just see a fresh thing happening to these guys that's standing in the front. Something so new, something so awesome. It's going to totally change us. And people are going to look at us. And like Paul, they're going to say, he's unknown to us. That's how strange they're going to be. Life, 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 supernatural, divine, holy energized power from the holy place where the seven fires and seven eyes are lightning bolts thunder powers on these people today this is for everybody but i just want to lay hands on a couple to release it in the house jesus only spoke to one woman at the well and all of samaria believed now i believe this morning i'm going to lay hands on a few of these people it's going to be released over the house so if i lay hands on them you can be zapped you can fall out in the power every tongue and every nation sing a new hallelujah where's rufus rufus you and your wife colin come come stand your brother I just want to run. and your wife too this is so awesome oh. ha. come on Brother, fresh oil of the Lord Jesus. 
going to do something new, something fresh. Did you receive something watching? Did you see what was happening? God was doing something new, something fresh. God put that whole conference on for me. The Lord put this whole service on for you. If you take it, if you hear the word of the Lord, it's for you this morning. Right, everybody say after me, I have received a new anointing. It's fresh. He has exalted my strength like that of a wild ox. I will not fear what COVID can do because my strength is exalted and I am anointed. A new thing has been birthed today. I perceive it. I receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus. This anointing shall enable me. It shall ennoble me. It shall sanctify me. It shall empower me. It shall illuminate me. And I shall walk toward my prophetic destiny. I shall do signs and wonders in the name of the Lord Jesus. This anointing is the solution for this time and for this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.